everybody. This is Gary Horde, and this is this is the NWA, the podcast celebrating the past, present, future, history, legacy, and tradition of the greatest pro wrestling entity of all time, the National Wrestling Alliance. And I'm just one of your hosts, though, because I'm also here joined by the great Dr. Rob Stinson. Doctor. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate hey. that promotion for the great. <laughs> we're going to try to avoid the doc thing or you've like told us not to use it sometimes but then it feels like everybody just likes calling you doc or doctor or something it is what it is and also as always although this is the nwa weekly show we are joined by hey it's will dot daily will martin what's going on everybody my favorite wrestling move is the drop toe hold that hmm. is good is that how we're supposed to intro with like our favorite wrestling move Oh, I don't know. That's just how I introduce myself to everyone. <laughs> I've, always just, liked the, uh, I've always liked the Scandinavian two-toed gredunza. Okay. Can you describe what that move is? I don't know, but it was on Chris Jericho's list of uh, his uh, thousand and one holds. And, uh, I'm not and, seeing uh, it. I'm not seeing <laughs> it here. <laughs> nice. Oh. Nice. If you can't see oh. right now, we'll, we'll head back over to Will Martin there. He is sporting Brian Solomon's Pro Wrestling FAQ. Will, I see you've got a copy. I, absolutely. Oh. And I, I can't, I can't yeah. put this over enough. I've had it for two days, and it's already the, the best book I've ever purchased. Um, so I just wanted to start with putting over first the drop toe hold as a wrestling move, and then this book. That's right, amazing. If you look on 249. Underneath the revolution is televised, you will find a reference to the Scandinavian two-toe gredunza. Oh, I must not have gotten that far yet. Yeah. Well, I feel a little left out because my uh, pro wrestling FAQ book is in another room. But I will say that I purchased it on Kindle and then purchased it in paperback just so I could have a physical copy. I, but to prove I'm a true wrestling fan, I did grab the nearest book to me, and it is this book about the Mid-Atlantic Championship. Oh, okay. I do have that book. It's got the Nature Boy on the back there. It's very nice. Who, who uh, wrote that book? Dick Bourne. Oh, Bourne. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know that name. Yeah, uh, somebody actually, uh, one of the listeners gifted that to me at one point. Got and at some point, are Will and I going to start getting gifted things? No. Or not? No, it'll just be Gary. Yeah, hopefully. That's the idea. Unless it's something, if it's something I already have, then I'll send it to you. How generous. Something I have, yeah, something I have I can send it to you, Rob. I was going to actually tell you about it. Is, uh, uh, this podcast is sponsored by Manscaped.com. And uh, they did send me a lovely package the other day. <laughs> That's poor choice of words, I feel like. Uh, when talking sure. about <laughs> Perfect choice. Yeah. <laughs> But if you care about packages and you want to take care of yours, Manscaped has got you covered. They have a very nice device called the Lawnmower 3.0, and that thing is special. It has a ceramic blade, so nicks and cuts on your junk are a thing of the past. Manscaped.com, if you use the code NWAPOD, NWAPOD, P-O-D, then you get 20% off and free shipping. And that was unintended as a commercial, but they did send uh, – a new one to me that I already had one. So I can send that to you, Rob. I'll just send that to you. He's going to send you the old one. I'm 
so humbled that you thought of me with that because uh, you know I, I know that my reputation <laughs> proceeds <laughs> proceeds this podcast. I'm so humble. Thank you. Well, it's you just know? since Tandy and I have become Twitter friends, we've learned a lot about areas that need trimming and grooming and that sort of thing. So, <laughs> this is so uncalled for. So uncalled for. Oh, oh, hope you're following us on Twitter at the NWA Pod or R Stetson Four at Hey It's Will and at This Is Gary Hort. If you are, then you probably seen uh, Rob's beautiful wife all weekend long. It was her. It was her birthday, and Rob has been posting pictures and getting love from everybody because he's been showing off his wife, not because of Rob. Right. Yeah. He <laughs> seems so bummed out. You were like so joyful before that. And it was like I finally broke you. <laughs> I was like, man, I uh, I, po- I posted this amazing Nick Aldis video and got like 17,000 impressions. You get 10, and that's to, to date. You got 10,000 impressions in one day. You're fired. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. It's good to see you guys. It's uh, Rob, uh, Rob's been gone, and uh, we've had a busy week in the NWA, a busy week in wrestling in general, and we're going to try to cover it because that's what we do here on This Is The NWA Weekly. We talk about all of these things. Uh, our main focus usually is going to be bringing to you all of these stuff that you might have missed in the world of the NWA, all the content produced by the NWA talent and uh, the NWA fans, but also just anything relevant we feel like talking about. Um, now that Cardi Land has started, fellas, uh, we uh, are promised to always have something to talk about. Uh, they, they are steady producing things. But uh, I guess I'll start with an easy one, lob it to you real quick. Camille is somebody who's been producing stuff, two things this week, and not even part of Cardi Land. I don't know why they're not just using it for Cardi Land or something. Like They should just probably throw it in there that she's already doing her thing but uh camille put out a video uh on tie-dye it's like crafts with camille but she did a tiny face video uh did you guys catch either and or both of those mm-hmm. i saw i saw the tiny face one i don't know what it is about these tiny this tiny face craze that it's like i i hate it but i can't not watch it's just it's so entertaining to me i don't know why yeah, I, I um, it, like uh, I love seeing her be less serious and all that. And uh, the tie dye one that was dope, man. And the only thing I was saying was like, man, my shirts cost me twenty nine ninety nine, man. I ain't, I'm not even gonna try to experiment on my shirts. Dude, I thought the same exact thing. But do you know what? My wife just ordered those kits, like just from watching the Camille video. She just ordered the craft kits, the exact same craft kits that Camille has. And she wants to do it to her NWA shirt so that the next time she goes to one of the events, she has the tie-dyed uh, power shirt or whatever, uh, just like Camille and Tom made. So good for them. They uh, they sold something. I, my well, takeaway for – go ahead. I'm sorry, Rob. I'm sorry. Patreon, Patreon supporters and council members, we can get those shirts for, I think, 25% off once a month. Uh, but still, you know, I, I like, I treasure my shirts. I don't want to, I'd be the one to jack that up. So, Yeah, I don't know anything about tie-dyeing, and that's not interesting to me. I enjoyed watching them. My biggest takeaway from the video was I thought Tom was super funny. Like, he has a very dry sense of humor, and he was just him playing around with the camera and getting his camera angles and stuff. And, like, he just, he seemed like he was, he was having a good time. Does it take away for you guys that Camille, uh, 
he's so lighthearted and fun on her regular videos. Is that okay with you guys? You're still. Oh yeah. I, I love it. I mean, I, and I think Rob said <clears throat> this a second ago, but you know, to me, it almost adds another layer to her character to know that like, she's that talented um, to come out there and be that convincing um, in, in her, in her role, in her gimmick. And um, it just makes me respect her even more, to be honest. And and uh, to, to piggyback on that, man, I mean, I think that's one of the things about the NWA. It's like the NWA is not built around these fake, you know, inhuman, just random, hateful characters. You know, they're they're built around real people with real interests. And this is Camille with her, the love of her life. And they're enjoying each other's company. And she's a human being. Yeah, she's got her vendettas and she's got her objectives. But, but the NWA is not going to tell you that this is some guy who can – who just showed up from the nether regions from eight, you know, 8,000 years ago and can dematerialize. They're athletic competitors with their own hopes and dreams. And we talked about the Brian Sullivan book. You, look, you, you read that book, man. You got Ed the Strangler Lewis. You got Earl Caddick. You got all these guys that, 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 that played a, a heel persona, as it were. But they were always athletic competitors, first and foremost. And so I think, I, to me, seeing Camille being real – only augments um, her her uh, on-screen persona. I mean, it makes her authentic to me. Awesome. Yeah, I, th I think that's a good way of looking at it. Yeah, she. It, I, I'm glad that they let her start talking. And I don't know if the quarantine necessarily facilitated uh, the reasoning behind why she is now or whatever, but it's good that she is during this time so that she can put out content like she's been doing. It's pretty impressive. She seems dedicated to do that. Uh, speaking of other uh, people that are producing content, I figure we'll keep it uh, light up here at, at the top with the easy stuff. Uh, and, and that's no disrespect. Uh, again, these are in no certain order, but uh, the masked fan goes to Hollywood is happening. We'll talk about that for a brief moment. Uh, hopefully you guys had a chance to put that out. That guy, uh, he still, he still continues to impress me. I don't, I don't ever know what to expect with him. And it went from like a, a series that's been kind of dark and just offbeat and, uh, and all of that to all of a sudden he started out with that, that video package with Hollywood and everything and the music and stuff. I was like, Holy crap, what is this guy doing? This is incredible. And uh, him cutting the promo and uh, he's got an interesting concept. I think I'm, I, I'm kind of down with him. He, he had talked about at one point, unmasking and I'm kind of happy he chose not to do that like it's kind of cool for his gimmick to just keep that mask and and uh he's taking a different approach than most he's he's doing this uh championship wrestling from Hollywood uh recap or just like reviewing matches and his first one's going to be uh sensei question mark versus uh I I wrote down the name here uh Jervis Cottonbelly Gentleman Jervis, that's what I was trying to think of. Uh, I have not seen this match, but I'm excited to see it with the masked fans take. What do you, what do you guys think about this? I, I, so I watched all of his videos today um, for the first time, just all back to back to back. Loved it. So great. I mean, I, I love that we are part of a community where fans are creating stuff like this. Um, and the latest one, the one you're referencing, going to Hollywood, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, it, it, it actually made me want to watch championship wrestling from Hollywood. Not that I didn't before, but it just, you know, it hasn't been on my radar as something to like really dive into. And so, I mean, his promo for it, put it over in my mind. So I, I, I'm all in, I'm ready. I think he said Thursday, 
uh, he's going to do the watch along. So, um, yeah, man, I'll be there for that. Man, I, uh, I am a huge uh, Mass fan fan. And uh, I think the content that he has put out with the Free the Masters is so important, especially, uh, you know, we see got a little taste of that this week with, uh, with some of the, the tragedies that have happened to our community and all that. But he's, he's putting out an important message, in the, and uh, I just I really support him. And uh, what I really want to see, though, man, I, I like this sort of lighter uh, take with the whole Mass Band Goes to Hollywood. And what I envision, I would love to see like a mystery science theater 2000 type where you've got his little silhouette there and he's just like commenting. I would love to see that, man. I think he'd be perfect for it. That would be a lot of fun. Big Mast fan. Yeah. Uh, so props to you, Mast fan. You're doing some good stuff. Speaking of championship wrestling from Hollywood, it's worth noting I saw earlier too that uh, our buddy over at the Alliance blog, Jason uh, Kaylee, is going to be doing an interview with David Marquez at uh, 5 p.m. on Monday the 25th. So, yeah, to probably when this drops, I guess. You know, same day, 5 o'clock. So, yeah, I got, I got real excited because I saw that he set that as a premiere on Saturday. And it was, it was Saturday early afternoon, and it was said 5 p.m., and I was like, oh, sweet. And so 5 p.m. rolled around, and I logged on, and I was like, oh, he's late. What's, what's going on? And then I was like, oh, Monday. It's like It was said, like, 80 hours from now or something like that. I was like, oh, <laughs> fail, you know. So, I, yeah, I, I'm, I was pumped about it Saturday, and I'm getting even more pumped about it as it gets closer. Yeah, we, we kind of talked about him on the uh, last live show, uh, just interviewing Marquez, and it was like he uh, doubled down and went after him and got him. So that's cool. I'm interested to see what those guys talk about. Uh, the other – easy one this week would have been thunder rosa i saw her video she had a workout video with her dog drago uh which is a fun name for a dog um but just mainly just her working out and the dog interrupting her that was pretty much what the video was about so it's pretty light easy going video um i will say that uh the big takeaway i got from that video was that we were talking about uh, the quarantine 15 earlier. Will, uh, these, uh, there really are no excuses at the end of the day because Thunder Rosa is kicking ass in her apartment, just in like a small area and doing Zoom workout classes on her cell phone. Like it's, it's like, all right, this is a, a different kind of person. I think she had a quote in the video, uh, that all you need is will and the want to do what you need to do. And uh, she just talked about just making it happen for herself. And uh, I don't even know that she was even trying to make like a motivational video, but as I was watching, I was like, Oh, I am such a fat, lazy bastard. <laughs> like, I gotta, I gotta start wow. doing something. <laughs> Sounds like you were motivated. <laughs> well, it's motivated to change it. That's the idea, right? Like, it's like, all right, I'm making excuses every day about like, oh, I don't really feel like doing it. And I'm like, Thunder Rosa's like competing at top levels everywhere she goes. So how, I'm like, how many hours of content that this is the NWA pod dropped this week? Uh, I mean, we'll uh, put it out. You were, you were taking advantage. And, and I lo- that's what I love about Thunder Rosa is like, you know, my wife talk and I talk about this all the time. It's like this crisis is going to really bring to light two different kinds of mentalities. Those who take advantage of the situation and those who, who succumb to it. 
And uh, Gary, you have taken advantage of this. Hey, it's Will obviously has Thunder Rosa. And, and I think I, I, immediately I think of Thunder Rosa and Camille. These women have taken advantage of this situation. They're putting out content like beasts every day. I love, I mean, I, part of me like really loves the mystery of Thunder Rosa with the, the paint and the, the drums and all that. But I'm, I've really enjoyed getting into her life and getting to know her. I think it's very ballsy of her, you know. And um, so, but she, she's one who's, who's like, she's not going to be, her agenda and her plans and ambitions are not going to be thwarted by COVID-19. And so I, I, I love even this little stuff just with her workout, the dog interrupting, to me is very endearing. I like it a lot. Oh, yeah. She took advantage and went to like the river walk just so it was like one of the last days she'd have by herself to just go out there and do whatever she wanted to and, and work out. I just, yeah, I mean, she's still determined even during all of this, a lot of people would just put everything on hold, like you said, and uh, you, there's different ways to approach it. And she's just still keeping all plans intact that she is getting back into MMA and she is going to beat somebody and, uh, and she is not letting this stop her. So props to her. Good job, Thunder Rosa. You're a badass. Congratulations. Uh, all right, fellas, we've uh, we've got so the the big news, obviously, as far as entertaining happy news, is that Cardi Land dropped this week on Tuesday. We did a live after show talking specifically about the Tuesday Cardi Land. So if you're looking for uh, more discussion of that, I think we'll probably just direct you back to that video. You can get our feedback like directly afterwards. Uh, obviously, if there's anything we want to add, feel free. But um, I'll let one of you take the direction from here. Since Cardi Land dropped, we've got the other. We found out this was like a going to be a weekly thing. And uh, so on Thursday, there was Inside the NWA. Or no, on Wednesday, there was Inside the NWA. Thursday, there was the Eli Drake show. Friday was supposed to be girl power, but I've seen somewhere that that apparently starts next week uh, is girl power. So no, no girl power. And if you're a Patreon member, uh, as of Sunday... And uh, when you're watching this, maybe today uh, at noon, what's causing all this drops. So uh, what do you guys want to do? You want to take that in order or do you want to just uh, talk about one or the other? Any preference? Yeah, why not? Let's, let's just go in order, man. All right. So we will talk about the uh, Inside the NWA. This was an interview with Joe Galley talking to David Legata and William Patrick Corgan. And uh, this, I mean, that's, basically straightforward that's all it is now i don't i didn't get any real clarity on is it supposed to be them every week or it's just like a different person every week and they're talking about is it always going to be joe galley interviewing i don't think if if they said that i didn't catch it but uh for what it's worth it was a legitimate inside look at the nwa i was very impressed with the amount of transparency on this show well what do you think of it yeah, man, I, you know, I, I was very impressed with it. I mean, as I was watching it, you know, obviously, I mean, Billy Corgan growing up with, with him as such an inspiration just in music and now um, as an owner of, of professional wrestling, um, hearing directly from him was just, as an NWA fan, was just really cool. I mean, you don't, you don't get that a lot. I mean, you, you know, I mean, if you want to compare it, you know, it's not apples to apples, but you compare it to the WWE. I mean, you don't get sit-down interviews with Vince McMahon where he is the 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 company owner. You get the character, uh, the on-screen character. 
but it was just, it was really refreshing to see um, both he and Lagana in that light. And I know we've talked to, to Lagana on this show before, um, but to hear them together talking about, you know, the, the direction of the company, why they have made the decisions that they've made, um, what they foresee in the future, um, and, you know, where, where this Carneyland stuff came about. Like, that was just really enlightening to me, uh, especially as a new fan, um, because it just, it just brought me another level in knowing that, hey, here's, here's the ownership of this company that I love. And they're just, I mean, they're, you know, I, I don't know the vibe you guys got, but I didn't really get any kind of vibe that anything was off limits. I was actually kind of shocked at some of the questions Galley asked, um, you know, and I'm not dumb enough to think that, that Lagana and Corgan didn't know the questions beforehand. So, I mean, the fact that they went in uh, with basically no filter um, I, was really cool to me. I mean, it just gave me another, another layer of trust in, in the leadership of the NWA. Yeah, I uh, I agree 100%, man. This was uh, this was Joe Galley, the, the the journalist, the newsman, and uh, we were tweeting because we're all Patreon members here. We're all councilmen, and uh, we were tweeting before this was made to the public. And uh, uh, Gary was saying, "Man, this, this joker is not holding anything back. He's asking serious questions about how much money has been lost, uh, about." Uh, you know, future plans about Ken Anderson. And we got some really good insight about that. It was really, really incredible. I'm going to say there are parts of it that, uh, that, that left me a little unsettled, not in, in, in the nature of the incisiveness and, and, and the interview. I thought we got a lot, but Lagana and Billy Corgan were both on multiple times. I took note and this may be nothing. Don't, don't take this for anything, but they would say things like if and when, um, we get back to power. Like they were throwing out the, pos the prospect that we might never get there again. And I'm like, that's, I want my leadership to tell me it's coming. We are committed to this. I know that for Billy, this is not a money-making venture. Of course, money is a factor, we, you know, in the, in the world that we live in. But uh, um, this is a passion project. And they, they do this because they love the National Wrestling Alliance. But the if and when, or, you know, if we're ever able to do this again, those kinds of things left me a little bit unsettled. Like, gosh, man, don't, don't tease me that this might not, we may never be in the studio again. We, this has been the best thing. You brought me back to life, man, when it comes to my, my, my love for wrestling. So, uh, but overall, man, I mean, Carningland, lots of stuff. We, you and all three of us heard the Nick Aldis stuff today. It was amazing. But the most important stuff put out this week was that interview by Joe Galley with Lagana and uh, Billy Corgan. Amazing stuff. Rob, Very this exciting. is part of the thing that I, I love about uh, our uh, dichotomy here, or whatever you want to call it. Just um, you, you are a very honest and open person, and I appreciate that because what you just talked about is something that I remember as I was watching it, thinking in the back of my mind, but I chose to just not. I don't know. I was just not going to bring it up. Like I was going to step around and it's like, maybe that was just me. Maybe I just wasn't, I don't know. It was cool to hear you say it too, because actually that stuff did stand out to me as well. I was like that. That's how for anybody who hasn't seen it, it's worth a watch. I mean, they, they go deep, man. I mean, they, like Will said, maybe they, they knew the, the answers or they knew some of the questions that were coming, but I mean, they straight up tell you how just by not having Crockett cup 2020, 
uh, that was like a $500,000 loss for the company. You know, that was expected income they had coming in. Um, so they're, they're like literal numbers they gave, which just blew my mind when somebody said that and them telling the story about why you're not seeing Ken Anderson and being very open about it and like a legit story about he was not up front with us. And this is, you know, and this is what happened. This is the backstage scenario. But uh, there was that like little bit of it, you know, just, I, I know that everything is uncertain right now. Um, but yeah, I, I, I remember watching and thinking like, wow, like it, it just seems like th there's, there's like somewhere in the back, there's that like small, however minuscule possibility that like, Oh, who knows? Maybe it folds, you know, like nobody said that nobody, I don't know. It's hard to explain, but I, I, I think I'm on the same page with you, Rob, when you're talking about it. Will, Will, did you pick up any of that stuff? I did. And my, like, <clears throat> I think my reaction is a little different from you guys because um, that it was just kind of another thing that helped build trust because in my mind, they're saying that because they just don't know. And they're, they, they, they respect us as fans enough to not come out and promise anything that they're not sure about, which is very unlike most companies who, who want to keep you on the edge of your seat. Like they just, you know, the fact that they framed it that way to me is just another example of, you know, they don't know and they're not going to come out and make any false promises as much as we want to hear it. You know, as much as we want assurance that, hey, we're absolutely going to be back in that studio and we're going to be putting out new in-ring wrestling, they, they know that they can't say that right now in light of what's going on in the world. And so they, they, kept, it, they kept it truthful. You know what I mean? Uh, I mean, he does, he does say at one point, I mean, that one of the things they've had to deal with is they look at everything and every decision they make as the whole roster is a familial type unit. And, and we've talked about that multiple times, the hashtag NWA fam. And that's just even with the fans, but he's talking about as the company itself, that's how they look at it. That uh, it's, it's really cool. Seriously, if you haven't seen it, you have to watch it. Uh, but just the idea that he, he mentions that there are people that there's been the opportunity to have uh, come on board, like talent and that sort of thing. And that if Billy has had any interaction with them in the past or Lagana or whatever, that they've, you know, that Billy's just, if he got the wrong impression at any point, he's been like, no, it's just not going to happen. I don't think they would fit well. If they have any sort of ego, it's not going to work. I think specific, like, quote would, from there was, uh, he said, like, no shitty people. We're just not going to deal with that. And, uh, and so we think about how, even if the person is, you know, if we're, I think he said, if they're lining them up side by side, and you could definitely show that this one person has double the talent of this other person, if their attitude is shit, it just is not going to happen. We're going with the good person. Like, we're, we're just going to do that. And, uh, and anyway, so I say all that to say, like, I, I mean, maybe you're right. Maybe it's just that in that conversation, he's talking about the carny ways have to go. It's, we're, we're doing wrestling in a 21st century model. And that old school style and way of talking is just not going to be part of it. And uh, so maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe that's part of it. Maybe it's just like being really, I'm going to level with you. This is where we're at. This is what we do know. I'm not going to try to blow smoke up your ass. Like this is, this is the conversation. I don't know. That's, that's, that's maybe my impression. Rob, is that, 
Uh, Will's yeah. description help 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 you ease your mind at all? Yeah, and again, I think that ultimately, you know, this is not something that's going to defeat us. I think that we will rebound. I believe that. Um, um, but it was just, you know, I mean, giving give a list. I'm in here doing tours, you know, having this on in the background, listening like, man, gosh, I wish they wouldn't put it that way. <laughs> you know, don't, 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 don't play with my emotions. The studio tapings will come back. They have to come back. We, we need this. So that's kind of where I was at. <laughs> yeah he you know he he talked about some things in there too and, and this is why i saved this stuff towards now because i was like we can at least bust out the easy quick stuff because there was a lot i took out of this one and uh I, one of the things i appreciated too was just like the thought process is going through their minds like as far as what the future of all of this looks like when it's things that I would not think of as just a casual or like a fan watching this. Uh, just for instance, like Joe Galley bringing up the idea of uh, the story with China and how big of a deal that was. And what are the chances of that happening? And Billy's like, well, you know, they're saying potentially international travels like three to five years off for like a normal thing. Like, so who knows, you know, like who knows what, when that's going to happen and what's it mean? Like if they're going to have temperature checks to even get on a plane, like what if your temperature is running high, how hard does that make it for booking talent uh, like two months out for a show that you're going to be doing? And all of a sudden that talent can't board the plane because their temperature ran high that day or something. And it was just like, he's like, there's just a lot of absurdities and weirdness that, are going around right now and he's just like it's gonna he's like you just don't know and uh I there's little things like that he mentioned like I I had not thought of which made it interesting for me um the the, the world's title has been defended in China one time and Nick Aldis did that against Cole Cabana um so I don't I'm not afraid of you know not being able to board a plane to China I think that um ultimately in a free society we cannot we cannot refrain from commerce permanently we're going to have to begin to engage in commerce and and and, and be much more you know i mean it's one of those things where i was listening to a uh, somebody on npr the other day i can't remember who it was but she was like you know we don't need to let and i don't want to stray political here so stop me if i cross the line here but uh, she was like um, we don't it's not the best idea to let medical professionals and my wife is a medical professional but it's not the best idea to let those people set policy because they're always going to be the most restrictive they're always going to tell you do the most absolutely healthy thing, but America's built on risk taking and you have to there at anything you do in life there's a there's a certain amount of personal risk you assume and that that goes to say that goes the same here with uh you know if you're an at risk population, maybe you need to take these precautions in life before you know you can't shut down you can't shut down commerce i mean commerce is integral to humanity and uh i I see I expect the world to resume things in the, in the near future uh, sooner than later. And if it's just a matter of the National Wrestling Alliance World Championship being defended in the United States and people coming here, that at least is something. But as far as uh, getting on a plane to China, we've only ever done that once. So, <laughs> you know, in the yeah. history of the National Wrestling so, you know, anyway. I, I, no, I, I don't think that's straight too far into it. It, it reminded me of, uh, and again, I, Will, will they have to moderate? Uh, no, uh, it, it, it made me think of an uh, interaction. I was watching like the uh, last uh, Senate hearing with uh, uh, Dr. Fauci with this whole thing. And um, 
and, and, and that comment you made made me think of an interaction he had with Rand Paul. And, it, and this is not straying on either side politically. I'm just saying this is an interaction that they had is that, you know, Dr. Fauci's delivering all this information about being cautious and this is what we know, this is this and blah, blah, blah. And, and Rand Paul saying like, you know, with respect, I respect you for who you are and what you do, but you're also not the end all be all. We have people up here to make policy and blah, blah, blah. But even Dr. Fauci's like, well, also with respect, I know what I'm here to do, and I am just telling you the part that I can tell you. I'm not making policy, and you know I can just tell you the risk and try to deliver as much medical information as I can. So anyway, all that to say, it was it was interesting to see those two interact too. They were like, like, yeah, I'm the doctor. I'm telling you the doctor stuff. You're the policymaker. You guys figure that part out. Well, at least in that hearing, he said, he said, Fauci said. You cannot shut down the economy permanently without doing irreparable damage. He said that, you know, in that same hearing. So, you know, even him, a healthcare professional, is saying, "Look, man, at some point, you know, life, you, you know, you got, you, we have to resume life. We have to resume commerce. This is one of the features of free society and and being a human being." So, you know, and I think it starts with wrestling. Absolutely. <laughs> That's the world needs wrestling to go. Will, do, did you want to weigh on uh, anything political here before we uh, move on? Uh, well, I mean, Drake. <laughs> uh, yeah, oh so, yeah, you're right. I mean, I would just say, I mean, and, and this is not at all meant to sound belittling to this pandemic in any way, um, but I think there's a certain amount of risk involved in, in anything that you do. And every time you get on an airplane, that's a risk, whether there's a pandemic or not, every time you get on the highway. Um, and so again, not trying to belittle the, the fact that this pandemic is real, um, but I think there is gonna come a point, uh, probably sooner rather than later, where it's, it's gonna be considered a risk and people hopefully will have the choice whether they wanna take a risk or not. And if someone is a professional wrestler and they have an opportunity um, and they follow all the protocol, and they, as a as a human, decide to take that risk. Um, then you know, I think we'll we'll start seeing that stuff. I think the three to five year, um, you know, I think that's a. I don't think that's realistic. I, I don't think I don't think we're going to see that in our society because you know, as Rob said, I mean, stuff's got to open back up. Life has to resume. It may look different. Um, you know, people may act different. Some people may choose to stay home and that's great. That's fun. Like, um, you know, I don't, I don't, my family will make our own decisions and, and your family will make their own decisions. And, um, that's just how society is going to be. But I think at some point, um, that, that is going to become a decision that is made by individuals, not by, you know, policy. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I, I think at a certain point you have to let people, uh, choose for themselves and uh, they'll hopefully just be responsible and you have to just count on people are just going to do that and make the best decisions they can uh, given the information that we all have access to. Um, all of that said, I mean, I don't think it's completely out of the realm for what we're talking about because I mean, one of the things they get into to in that inside the NWA interview is that Billy's talking about they've uh, or, or president Corgan, I should say, I guess uh, he's uh, he's talking about that you know, he's, he's seen like the NFL talking about piping in crowd noise and virtual crowds and, and that sort of thing. And he's, 
Uh, actually, I think that's where his rabbit hole comment was. He's like, there's no end to the absurdity that I've seen for like options for like how professional sports are going to proceed from here uh, just to have like some semblance of, you know, the, the live atmosphere and, and what we're used to seeing, I guess. So um, he, he, I believe they even said that GPB had talked to them. Like there was some discussion on like possibly faking a crowd or something like that. It was something weird. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what that looks like. Uh, the only other thing I wanted to mention, I'll let you guys pick up any notes if you had uh, for this is uh, I was really happy to hear them give some props to people in the locker room that uh, had take like stepped up and uh, become rock locker room leaders. I think specifically he mentioned names like Trevor Murdoch, Allison Kay, Homicide, Tim Storm, Eddie Kingston, uh, just that, that just took it upon themselves to take on new roles, do new things and become a part of that family. I thought that was really, really cool. And that kind of led into that conversation I mentioned earlier about the attitudes of people and people they wouldn't be uh, willing to work with or that they've turned down because of attitudes. And, and Corgan did let that little nugget slip in there that uh, one man that's currently on the free agent market that he would not have a problem working with and actually respects and likes a lot is uh, EC3. Uh, I, I assume you guys caught that too. I thought that was pretty interesting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, EC3's been agree. putting out some amazing stuff, dude. Yeah, I was going to say, man, I agree 100%. I mean, he, um, since his his release from WWE, he's just kind of taking the bull by the horns, man. And he said, okay, that's fine. You know, I'll be a free agent and I'll just come out here and put out my own stuff. And he's almost like reinvented himself, at least in my mind. Um, and that's exactly the mold of an NWA wrestler. So, I, you know, who knows? Yeah, 100% agree, man. I mean, he they put over the, the people they need to put over in that interview and then EC3, man. I... I mean, you got the listeners, you heard it here first. He will end up in the NWA. It's going to happen. It has to his destiny. All right. That's bold. I it's like bold, it. but I'll tell you what, Rob, uh, we're actually on the same page because I, uh, uh, wife doesn't know it yet, but I got caught up in the video he put out most recently just about uh, control your own narrative and, you know, just that, that whole thing. And, uh, I hit up that website. And I bought a t-shirt. So I'm kind of counting on, <laughs> I think I'm counting on EC3 showing up. <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, he, uh, I, I bought the control your narrative t-shirt. I, I like that, that, that whole phrase. I just, I, I really dug that man. And I, I dig people that just are take, like you said, taking the bull by the horns and, and making something out of themselves. And this whole, man is his logos on point with that three, the slashes or whatever. And uh, just his, weird dark motivational stuff at the same time it's uh ah dig it i i would love to see that guy in the nwa for sure um the only other thing too to mention and i swear to god this is the last thing i will mention about the inside the nwa is joe did ask him if they had anything else that were was on the plate because uh you know they talked a little bit about Carnyland and where that came from and apparently that was part of a whole package deal i don't think we knew that before that was offered to tnt i had heard about this studio show being originally offered to TNT uh, when they were looking for wrestling before AEW came along. Um, but they mentioned that Carnyland was a part of that deal. They wanted something that was sort of a meditation on the wrestling industry as a whole and uh, kind of played around with it, which is exactly what we're getting now. 
Corgett said the one thing he could tell them is that there was like a deep dive series they had had in the back of their mind uh, that could be down the road. And I don't know what that means, like a deep dive series, but I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. That comment didn't stick out to me, so I haven't really thought about it. But now that you mention it, uh, yeah, I'm not sure what they meant by that. All right. Well, uh, I was thinking, yeah, go ahead, Rob. I'm sorry. Oh, no, I, I remember that. I, actually, that's on my notes right here, deep dive. Uh, and I was thinking, um, and, and I could be way off here, but I was thinking like RF video style shoot interview backstage, really getting into, you know, breaking kayfabe, getting into the nitty gritty. I don't know if they'd be that bold to do that, but that's what, that's the impression it gave me. Oh, that could be it, man. Uh, we'll, we'll just have to hang on and find out. Uh, if you are a fan of the NWA and you haven't seen the inside of the NWA, it is well worth your time. It is, if you care anything at all about the business of professional wrestling, even, I think it's well worth your time. You're not going to get this kind of access to ownership in any company, much less a WWE or anything like that. So this is this is kind of a cool thing that they're really – they mean it when they say inside the NWA. It was uh, very, very cool. Uh, so here, let's go. I guess we'll just jump to the next day, and uh, let's go ahead and tear this uh, group apart. Uh, we've got uh, the Eli Drake show dropped, and uh, it is – what's that? It's Eli Drake hanging out and talking, and he's, he's – I don't know. It's like they just were like, Eli Drake, if you did a show, what would it be? Take it away. I will give him props for this, that – uh, Will, I think you've done it. We saw Rob do it at the intro to the uh, Piper's Notes before last, and I've done it before, like the Starks interview. Will does it every day. One-man shows in front of the webcam. Uh, that's a lot to take in for five minutes, much less, like, if you're putting on an hour. That's uh, – I was impressed with that. I was like, this guy kept it going, man. He He did keep talking, so – I don't know. I've seen comments that some people felt it needed to be structured a little more. Some people really, really loved it. Some, you know, some people outright hated it. Uh, where did you, uh, where'd you guys land on this? I guess I'll start. Let's, uh, let's start it light. I'll throw it to Will first. Uh, well, you know, you know how I feel cause I covered it on the daily show. I, so I, um, I loved it. Um, and I loved it because not not necessarily for the content specifically, um, but because of just the vibe of it. It was real. And again, like you mentioned, I feel the pressure of let's put a microphone in front of me and let me talk and record it and then put it on the internet. It is not easy, um, and it is not something that I take lightly. Um, and so there, there were a few parts in there when I, I kind of felt his pain where he was just kind of rambling and I was like, Oh, you know, been there, pull it together, Eli, you know? Um, but I, I just, I, I kind of went into it with, with low expectations to be honest, which is one reason why I think I liked it more um, in the end, but I just, uh, he covered so many different things. Every, every segment of it, I didn't love um, everything he said wasn't my favorite. I, I think the reason that I liked it so much is because, um, and this is what I covered in my video, he, sh he was shooting on WWE, um, which, you know, I, I don't like shooting on WWE for the sake of shooting on WWE. I, I like it when it's, um, 
not necessary, but when it's warranted. Um, a lot of his I, sentiment matched yours, it felt like. It, exactly. So it was a little bit affirming. So that's a little bit of a selfish, selfish. I was like, oh, man, I'm not the only one now on the Internet saying this stuff. And this guy has the NWA stamp on his stuff. So. Yeah, well, he's, um, he's like legitimately a talent, just to throw that in there. I mean, he, that's one thing. It's like you're, you're feeling one way as a fan, but also to feel it uh, just uh, checkmarked by a person actually in the business as well. So anyway. Yeah, and I mean, so I, I, I've been really worked up lately, especially during this pandemic, of just how um, it's coming to light that WWE is treating their employees um, I've covered news stories where there's employees that it was reported that they hid in their car from Vince McMahon during TV tapings. Um, there's, you know, reports that um, they have not tested a single person in the company for COVID-19 while AEW is testing every performer before they do shows. Just that kind of like care and safety. Um, and then there's the issues with uh, Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn, more so Sami Zayn than anyone else because he was Intercontinental Champion and that was stripped because he made the decision for himself and his family that he wasn't going to put himself in danger by coming to work during all this, which they should have respected. Um, and Eli even mentions on his show that they've said, I think he was specifically talking about that, where he said, you know, WWE said, make the decision that you want and there won't be any repercussions that was just, that was a lie. And I think as a publicly traded company who, as I said in, in, my, in my show, really is the face of professional wrestling in the world today, they just got to do better. And so my goal is just to come out and to just urge them to do better, um, not to put them down. I don't wish to see them fold or go under or anything like that because, um, you know, if, the, if they do better, we all do better. And right now they're not doing better. They're doing a lot worse. And the headlines that I read about that company are not positive. Um, and so w when he talked about that, it struck a chord with me. And I think that's what made me like it even more because um, I just felt a connection, you know, with what he was saying with how I think about wrestling culture. Yeah, I, I think it's worth saying too, uh, Rob. And I, I promise I'm not I'm not skipping over you because I'm just I'm just building up anticipation. Uh, no, I, I just wanted to mention that Eli Drake has been in the WWE, like he's been in that environment. And so, uh, not only is he a person in the business, but he's he's telling these stories uh, as a person who's experienced them. I mean, he had quite a few. I think that he he t tells in in his show about uh, the people that he. Uh, calls says they're not manning up and not coming to him with criticism or advice and then he doesn't know a problem and it's just always like it's all so shady i guess it's the best word to use uh but anyway rob what, what what's your opinion of the eli drake show i guess we'll just throw it to you just like that oh man uh let me let me preface this by saying that you guys are my brothers and i love you guys <laughs> and, and 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 we you're two of my best friends, and I have no clue where you stand politically. No clue. It's never come up in our conversations. I have, I have suspicions, and that's okay. But the, and the world was big enough for all that. But uh, let me say uh, I took notes on this because I've really been dreading this segment. <laughs> really been dreading this segment all week. Because, you know, since Eli said some things, we almost have to address it in a form where I think there are some things that were brought up that shouldn't be addressed in this form. 
Rob, uh, I think we have the opportunity here to prove one of the things we're going to talk about a little bit later yeah. about the possibility of having a difference of opinion. So uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, I just don't like, you know, I don't go to, I don't go to when, when they said, Eli, here's your form to say anything you want. I didn't, I, I wanted him to really strip back wrestling. I wasn't going to him for political information. I don't need this little kid to instruct me on politics. I don't need that. You know what I mean? Um, there were some very good parts in this, no doubt. I really appreciated the Shad Gaspard uh, tribute. And I'm a, I'm a dad, and so that just I'm going to get choked up, man. I just I can't. Um, I really appreciated that for me, man, because uh, I can't think of a, uh, of a dad or a child situation without putting myself in, in, in that place. And I really am very saddened by that situation with Shad and uh, with the tragedy from two days ago. So I'm sorry. Um, so I appreciated that from Eli and I appreciated him um, stripping back the WWE culture that he lived in. That was very enlightening, you know, but there are places that he went that he did not have to go. And it's like, I'm thinking, you know, as, as a person who, who is potentially going to be a contender for the NWA World's Championship, you have to have some decorum. Just because you can say everything that comes to mind doesn't mean you should. And there's a lot of things that he expressed that I thought was, was uh, sophomoric and churlish and juvenile that he shouldn't have said. Um, I think, first of all, the porn scene. Like his little joke coming in with the music and all that. I'm like, uh, dude, I know, I know you're not – talking about porn i know you're talking about your first wrestling match it's not even you're not even tricking me but the fact that you would do that is like it's sleazy and it might work for a for a zicky dice but for an eli drake who is supposed to be a world-class contender you know for the for the for the title who holds the nwa world's tag team championship that is unbecoming it's beneath you it's sleazy you shouldn't have done that um the uh the him, you know, and I don't want to veer into politics. I don't, you know, I mean, people can go on my Facebook and know where I stand. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a U.S. Army infantry soldier, veteran. I've served in three campaigns in the global war on terror. For him to come out here and just lambast and, and, and caricature the America first uh, position as though, you know, and, and to group it in with people who don't think that people on the other side of the border are not human, that's a, it's a straw man. It's, it's insulting. It's insulting to my intelligence. It's like, it, it, it really is like, it's like a frat boy who's doing a, who's shooting kegs and getting, getting high on pot and then thinking he can uh, start to pontificate on politics. Like it's like, it's some enlightened and, and very uh, like educated stance. And I'm like, you're, <laughs> there was just so much about it, what he said that I found personally offensive. And, that, and, if, and if, if what he was trying to do was sound offensive, he did it. He accomplished that with me. Um, I've I've been in theater. I've been, like I said, on multiple campaigns. I've had de- I've held dead soldiers in my arms. I have uh, um, I have uh, I have been in a theater where where you know ethnic Albanian eth- you know religiously Islamic communities have appealed to America for help as an unbiased free arbiter between good between right and wrong have called upon us to to come in and support them in Kosovo in particular. And, uh, uh, and I think America first, you don't, you don't think that, that your country that has afforded you all this privilege and has afforded you this ability to, to prosper as a pro wrestler. I mean, Thunder Rosa, and I'm not in 
I'm not uh, imbuing Thunder Rosa with any particular political position, but Thunder Rosa became an American citizen. You know, the, the, the migrant caravans did not cross through Central America, through America and go on to Canada. They came to America because borders mean something. Borders are the defining line between where bad ideas end and good ideas start. And then Eli Drake goes on to cite his First Amendment rights. And I'm thinking, oh, that's funny because below the border that you disagree with, they don't have that right. You don't have a constitutional First Amendment right down south of the border. So don't lecture me on your political stances and think that because you have a venue to speak freely that I'm supposed to just, because I'm an NDU fan, just drink it up and like it. It was shameful, man. I, 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 I thought there, was, there were very, uh, you know, three or four very bright spots. And then I thought there were some very embarrassing sophomore juvenile Xbox freaking Fortnite playing childish spots that should not, that have no place in this forum, no place in this discussion. Those are my thoughts. Well, I'll, I'll chime in as the person who's just said I loved it. Um, <clears throat> you know, I, first of all, man, I, I think I speak for all of us when I thank you for all your service, what you've done um, as, a, as a soldier and uh, for me personally as a friend and a dad and a husband. You're not, you're not my dad or my husband. I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> but that would be, but that would be cool. But that would be cool. I'd be cool with that. Um, but no, I, so, uh, and, and I obviously don't have the life experience you have. And that's the beauty of America. Everyone has a different life experience and their opinion comes from a different place. Um, and so given the context of your opinion, absolutely, man, I, I, I totally see that. Um, for me, like, honestly, it just didn't even stick out to me. I just don't, you know, like, I, di I didn't even hear that with the same ears that you did. I, like, I wasn't sitting there amening him on that part. I was more concerned about what he was saying about WWE. And yeah, I was rolling my eyes during the porn scene part. But the, the, the America First stuff, um, I, I just, I, it, it kind of just like went in one ear and out the other. So I didn't even dwell on it. And then, you know, when I was, you were texting me, your reactions I was kind of like what what didn't he like and so I mean that makes total sense now yeah um and and I agree with you and I even talked about this I, I don't know if it was last week or if it was um on the live show but we all have those things where it's like we don't come to pro wrestling for them politics being one of them obviously uh you know I mentioned the other week which which is a different opinion from other people I don't come for relationship drama right I don't want to see boyfriend, girlfriend, wives, switching wives. I don't, I, I just, I don't care about that stuff when it comes to pro wrestling. Um, so, I mean, you know, your, your viewpoint's completely valid, especially from where you're coming from. Um, it just, it didn't hit me the same way. Doesn't mean that I disagree with you at all. Um, it just means that, you know, because of my different life, I heard it very differently than you did at the time. Well, sure. maybe... Go, go ahead, Rob. I'm sorry. You know, I think, I think you know, we, we, the three of us have all listened to the Nick Aldis content today. And, uh, and we're not going to spill any of that because, you know, you have to, you have to be a, a Carneyland citizen to hear that. Oh, we're, we're going to get to it, I think, because uh, this, this is going to drop the same day, probably. So. Okay. Oh, right, right. Well, what I wanted to point out is there is a major difference between the feel and the decorum that Nick Aldis, Crimson, and Thomas Latimer displayed in their interview today and the decorum that Eli Drake displayed. And I, I want to, you guys have probably seen this. There's a great 
a great shoot interview that RF Video, it's either RF Video or Elbow Productions, so the, a lot of that runs together, but it was with the nature boy Buddy Landell. And uh, Buddy Landell, who is, you know, he, he, he has passed away, but he did some great work here. One time was managed by J.J. Dillon. I mean, he was uh, a national, NWA national champion. And they, in this shoot interview, he reveals how they were going to put the belt on it. They were going to put the Ric Flair loved Buddy Landell, and he was going to drop a belt to him. And uh, as, the, as the day approached, there, there was one particular day when uh, Buddy Lindell had been out doing things that he shouldn't have been doing, and he was knocked out, passed out, and he missed the call, literally. Like, they called him, hey, you got to be here today. We're going to put the belt on you. He missed the call, and he never got the championship. And he, he goes on to say about how, as a champion, you have, there has to be a level of decorum. Regardless of what you think, regardless of what you feel, when you're a world's champion holding the most prestigious belt in the world, you have to assume the level of a statesman. You have to be everything to everybody. And uh, I think Eli Drake was very churlish, man. He was very juvenile. He was a, a, he was a, a pothead doing bong hits at, at a keg party in the show. He did not strike me as someone that would, that would be becoming of the NWA World Championship. Don't get me wrong. I have been saying, and I've said on this show in previous episodes, that I thought that either Tom Latimer or Eli Drake would be the one to take the belt. That opinion has been badly damaged with this last episode of, of, with the poor music and the whole uh, America first and you don't think that anybody on the other side of the border is a human being and this and that. Badly damaged. It was, it was beneath you. It, it was unnecessary. Just because you can say anything you want to doesn't mean you ought to. And Eli Drake you need to bite your tongue. If you want to be a world champion, you need to be a statesman. That's all I'll say about that. I think that uh, a lot of times, you know, he gets these comparisons to guys from the Attitude Era and, and the way you describe him, it sounds very much Attitude Era type stuff uh, in, in a sense. So um, we'll put this perfectly, I think, in that like context matters as far as where you're coming from with your opinion um, on things or how you take things. So for, for, Rob, it's, it very much makes sense that these things are the th things that stood out for him. I, I, I like Will, I think I, it didn't hit me in the same way. I, I think for me it didn't hit me in the same way just because I am, uh, maybe this is bad, but in a lot of ways I am numb and jaded to all of the political talk. So like uh, his America first thing, like it just felt like a, you know, like just an off, the wall thing that he said like it was just like a, I, I know I know that he, he focused in on it for a minute but it was just like you know you mentioned not knowing our politics uh, Rob I'm with you on that I think a lot of times on both sides of the aisle there is a lot of straw manning there is a lot of that's the way people base their arguments and people would be happy to lump the other side into one specific category and, and the world does not work that way and I know that it doesn't work that way uh, and there's a whole spectrum of people and their opinions and that sort of thing. So uh, I think that when I heard that, I was just like, uh, okay, well, here we go with that. Uh, the, the poor joke, my thought process on it was early on, like you, I was like, we know you're not talking about a, your first time having sex. And then I, my ending thought was you carried that joke way too long. Right. <laughs> it was just that, and that was, was just kind of how I looked at it. It was like, all right, it's cool, but it would have been cool for like five seconds. 
maybe 10. Yeah. But you did it for like 30. Can you picture Nick Aldis or Ric Flair or Crimson or Tom Latimer or Josephus or Dusty Rhodes or Ronnie Garvin? Can you picture any of them, credible wrestling statesmen, ever doing that? Can you picture that? And if Eli and the answer, I can I know picture Ric Flair doing a lot of things. <laughs> he did the baby doll thing, but, but you know but that that was kind of thing. But but, but you know he always pitched, you know Ric Flair sold himself as a as a ladies' man, and he did the whole thing with the baby uh, with Precious and all that. But I mean, putting on the porn music and this and that. I mean, these guys were statesmen, and Ric Flair specifically would tell would coach people like Buddy Landells, like if you were going to be the world champion. You have to put yourself in a suit. I mean, you even think of guys like, I, I, you know, there are people that have compared Eli Drake to Magnum T.A. Magnum T.A., though, was America's man. You know, he did wear the leather jacket and rode the motorcycle and this and that. But Magnum T.A. would never, he would never be caught dead going here and trying to, like, pull the wool over our eyes and, and, uh, and dupe us into thinking that he's talking about his first time ever having sex. You know, I mean, it's a, it was just – it was just silly. It was sophomore, you know, juvenile. It's, it's frat boy. And uh, I don't have time for that. So. I, I agree that there is a um, certain amount of tact and prestige that comes along with holding a title, a championship, especially the world's championship. And so um, n- it's not the only point I agree with you on, but a bit, the biggest point you just made that I agree with you on is it is very, it is very unbecoming, and I know, I know it's a big uh, emphasis to be authentic, and I get that. Um, but it, you know, to your point, I'm sure Nick Aldis has authentic political views, but he knows when and where to talk about them. Um, so I, I can respect that, and I can, and I can tell you, a because it added nothing to it for me. It'd be different if like. I was bought into what he was saying. I was bought into what he was saying when he was shooting on WWE. That's about it. But that was enough to like put it over in my mind. But the political stuff, as I said, it was like in one ear and out the other. So it meant nothing to me. So it's definitely not a hill I want to die on. Um, And so, I mean, I'm, I'm full on with you on that point. And I think that um, for me, it added zero to the uh, value of that piece of content. Um, And, you know, I think I think the porn music thing, it was funny, as Gary mentioned, for like maybe five seconds. And then tell me about your actual first match. I'd love to know actually how that first match went, like what the behind the scenes stuff. But it was just a really long, drawn out, bad joke. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm with you on that. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I mean, I, I have to say, I mean, it's probably uh, the Eli Drake shows, you know, I hate to be a jerk but the my least favorite of the content they put out so far with carney land uh so as much as i would defend it i think that there's some i think i landed the camp of there's some uh shaping that has to go on there but i also think i mean he 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 hit that show like right on the head like with 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 the promo in carney land and at the very beginning of the show i mean you know what he's going for uh this is not excusing it by the way but I mean, the guy comes in talking about, let's see how long I could go before I lose my job. So he's automatically, like, I think approaching this is, like, shock jock kind of content. And so. He's got so much potential. I, 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 think, I see a world of potential in Eli Drake. I mean, I would love him to shoot on Nick Aldis. I want to see him shoot on Josephus. I want to see, I want to see 
you know, do that stuff, man. I mean, you, you can be, Eli Drake can be great. He can be great. I've said it. I've said it. If there's anybody that can take the belt from Nick Aldis, it's, it's either him or it's, uh, I've mentioned that before, but, you know, to me, this was just, it was just silly, man. It's like, dude, have some structure. It's like you didn't prepare at all. You had no clue. There were times where like six, five, six, seven, eight seconds of dead time where you didn't know where you were going. You were just out there flapping. I mean, you know this is coming. Don't just be fair. He had the porn music loaded, though. So he had it loaded. So obviously, he'd been doing (laughs) there was some preparation, (laughs) dude. You're doing this for free, and I've got six cards of talking points here, and and I just got on that. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm still trying to discipline my talk because, you know, I mean, come on, Eli, you can do better. I'm not written you off. I, 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 I hope the best for you, but you crossed the line, man. And, uh, and from this soldier, from this veteran of the 10th Mountain Division, don't cross me on America. You know, you owe everything you have to America. So, and I will be happy to debate you on the show. Drake Ooh. sits in 2024. <laughs> hey listen i'll say i'll say it this way because i know he's i know eli is watching this um right. I, i'll just i'll just say in all reality not not as a joke my my timeline um right now is full of political opinions and there's no wrestling happening so give me more wrestling when you're when you're eli when you're sitting down and you're coming up with what content you're going to talk about on your show make it wrestling because i I've got enough politics. Yeah, so I'll put it that way. Thank you, thank you, Will. Yeah, well, that's I, all I'm saying. No, no, I hear you. I I hate to box people in with that like shut up and sing kind of mentality, but I, I get exactly what you're. People are allowed to have opinions, but yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, we're tuning into Carnyland for uh, the, the these things for for the talent. I guess. I mean, I guess they can talk about. I I'm. I'm with you. I, I don't need more politics. Uh, so, all right. Let's move they on. Have a right, they have a right to do whatever and say whatever they want to say. They have a right to it. But that doesn't mean you should exercise that right. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you yeah, don't so. have to do it all the time. Yeah. Not, not, on every plat, not on every platform. You know, no the platforms. I, I can read about David Marquez's and, uh, and, and uh, Eli Drake's political leanings on social media. I don't need to do it on here. Yeah. All right, well, we'll move on from the Eli Drake show, and that leaves us with, before we get into <laughs> the heavier subjects, <laughs> let's, uh, let's talk about uh, what's causing all this. It debuts on Monday, May 25th at noon, so I, I can assure you this probably will not drop before then, so <laughs> just because of my editing skill. So um, it'll have been out. We've all seen it. Thanks to Patreon, if you're not already a member of Patreon for Cardiland. You can get early access to all this stuff. Uh, we talked a lot about Inside the NWA being a favorite, but guys, I have to say that this actually was my favorite piece of content that came out, and that's not blowing smoke up anybody's butt. This is not uh, just, uh, you know, giving credit to the champ he doesn't already deserve or whatever, but this kind of content, these kind of stories, like this is this is the stuff I like. This is the stuff that I would want to interview people about. This is what I love about this business, just these kinds of things. I mean, the inside the NWA stuff is cool, just the business aspect of it. But uh, I was thinking as I was watching this, uh, and Rob, this might make more sense to you too, that um, 
I, I was thinking no matter how good I could ever be at interviewing someone, for example, I was thinking I cannot have this same kind of chemistry that these three guys have uh, talking to each other. Like these are guys that this only works as three guys who have been in the ring. Like they know that part of it. And uh, so there's like a different feel for that conversation than anybody else could ever have. I feel like. And uh, so, so the reason I say Rob would have it cause it, cause the first analogy that came to my mind was would maybe be like uh veterans telling war stories or something like that you know there's like one thing for like me to sit there and try to have a good conversation with you about your experiences uh in the army or whatever but uh it would be a different type of conversation for you to have it with a fellow veteran and uh so that that's kind of how I looked at this thing is like these three guys talking about it it just it just felt different and I really really dug it hearing them just tell stories about their experiences uh two things uh and I know we'll delve into this but one I love how Tom Latimer's gym is called like little muscles gym <laughs> <laughs> that always cracks me up and then two uh Nick Aldis talks about how this show is going to evolve over the weeks and I'm like are you kidding me evolve you're nailing it man you talk about three guys that, that with the composure, with the inside scoops, with the stories, these are three guys that carry the gravitas of being world championship caliber, world-class athletes, telling stories, sharing war stories. This was, I'm with you, Gary. This was absolutely the best content, bar none, that they put out all week with Carnival. You guys are going to love this. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. Um... I, you know, there was a lot of, a lot of things to love about it. I mean, I'm, I, I don't know why there's not like a certain reason, but I love Crimson. I, and I haven't seen a lot of them. He was, he was featured a little bit in 10 pounds of gold when I was watching that. Um, but I, I just, something about him, man, I just, I like him. Um, I like the matches that I've, I've seen him in the few of them. And I just like his demeanor. He comes across to me as a guy who just, knows what he's doing he comes across as very confident and, but not in a cocky way and just like I don't know man I, I'm, I'm kind of a mark for Crimson to not have like really seen him a lot well um, well so I, 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 I didn't watch uh sorry to cut you off but I didn't watch TNA at all like I was I was not an impact guy and uh like literally the most I know about Crimson besides having gone back and seen some clips now is from 10 pounds of gold and for some reason uh just to i guess uh give you credit there i i feel the exact same way with that dude uh when, he's, when we're... he's just got something man he's got something that i can't put my finger on i don't know if it's the look or the way he carries himself but um he's he's got a big star quality to me and i've seen a lot of professional wrestling and i've seen a lot of big stars at the and press conference for this... crockett cup 2019 i i pushed my way through people because he was in there and I wanted to shake his hand. Like I, I pushed my yeah. way through to people and I was like, Mr. Crimson, can I just shake your hand? I just want you to know, like I'm a, I'm a big fan of yours. And I don't know why I just felt compelled to go tell him. He just seemed like such a real dude. But anyway, I'll let you talk. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I mean, it's hard to explain. Like, like I was saying, I just, you know, I've seen a lot of wrestling and I've seen a lot of big stars. And to me, for some reason, he just jumps out to me. Um, and so 
I love that he was involved in this. I hope we see a lot more of him um, as time goes on, especially in the ring eventually. Um, but I, yeah, I loved all the stories. I loved seeing all the gimmicks. I was really um, not shocked, but uh, surprised how much, you know, they talked about Marty Skrull, uh Party Marty, uh, and all the references in there. And just, man, he's, he's, he's probably the one that's changed the most. Um, just, I mean, he looks like a, I almost didn't recognize him in some of those older photos they were sharing. But man, that's just such a great reminder when you look at guys like those three, how long they've been doing this. And they're young guys. They're not, you know, they're not legends yet. Um, but they've still been like busting it for a long time to get to where they are now. Um, and it just really brings some legitimacy to them as as athletes uh as wrestlers as uh performers because you, you you get kind of a peek behind the curtain at that evolution of how they've gotten to where they are now because i mean for some of us like me included right i mean it's 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 a very well-known fact that i'm a baby nwa fan i have not seen if you would show me those three guys sitting in a room you know three months ago four months ago i would have known who nick aldis was just because i've seen his picture um and the other two guys i wouldn't know you would have so, known do what i said you would have known tom latimer as, as, uh, I, I would i would not have oh really I, I would not have known i mean I, the first time i saw tom latimer was was as the nwa tag team champion in nwa i mean so that was my first exposure to to him my so, very I mean, first words fact, to uh tom latimer uh I, well i feel like i keep jumping in i i apologize i just think it's funny uh that we're, we're, we're on the same wavelength here because I was at the meet and greet like dinner thing they did and I sat with Royce Isaacs and Tom Latimer and Camille and I knew Camille and I had no idea who the other two were and uh, I was sitting there with my wife and like my literal first interaction is with Tom Latimer and I was like so uh what are, what are you guys names sorry sorry I don't I don't know who you are and Tom's just like very matter-of-factly like I don't know who you are <laughs> yeah. I was like all right, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> but, uh, anyway. Oh, well, one of those is still true. Um, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. no, he knows who you are. He's watching this. I know for sure. Oh, yeah, Tom's out there. Anyways. Uh, but no, I just, so that, that just really kind of overtook me as I was watching that and just gave them even more legitimacy. And it reminded me that I don't know it all when it comes to pro wrestling. And there's people out there right now that, that the three of us have never heard of that a year from today we may be talking about in the same light. So don't, don't sleep on anyone. You know what I mean? I mean, everyone's been doing this, not everyone, but a lot of guys have been doing this for a long time. And it's a really good reminder of what it takes to reach that level in this business and, and to get that respect. They deserve it. You know? Right. Um, Crimson, man, Crimson, you, your, your instincts are right as they always are. Will uh, when it comes to him, this is a guy that, does have major star power and if he weren't hurt um you know i mean he had a little he had he was there for a while and you, you alluded to the 10 pounds of gold thing and this was a guy who was contending for the world championship and he would be a credible world champion he and tom latimer both would but i want to say and and uh, gary and i we we did a show with brian solomon and i i filibustered for a while about uh the metrics you know about assessment and and you know, teachers don't like standardized testing, and the best metric that we have is probably the PWI 500. It's not perfect, but it's what we've got. 
And I think, I want to say it's like when Crimson was at his peak, like globally, it was like 2010 or 11 or 12. But he was in the top 50 in the PWR 500. And for me, you know, when you get beyond that, there's a lot of, there's been some debate about people buying spots and this, and I don't know about all that. But I know if you're in that top 50, that certifies that you are considered by the premier wrestling magazine in the world, you're considered to be elite. I mean, Nick Aldis currently is in that number. You know, he's been in that number for the last several years. And Kenny, you've got Kenny Omega that's been number one. I think Chris Jericho and this one that's coming out is about to be number two. But I think I want to say, and I don't remember, I, I need to get on Wikipedia or something, I'm sure it could tell me, but I want to say that um, Crimson was like ranked 40th or 41st in the world, uh, in, in the world of professional wrestling. This is a credible guy, man, who's just enigmatic. He's a really good talker, great look, just skills like crazy in the ring, can, can tell a story. I, I, I can't wait to see uh, Crimson get healthy and compete again because you're absolutely right. When you say that, that there's something about him that sticks out, that's not a fluke, brother. I think anybody who likes wrestling would look at Crimson and say, this guy is real. He is up there like, I, I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about AEW, but like, I've always been a huge like, Brody King fan. Uh, I think you look into this guy's eyes and you see like the soulless and this deep, deep this deep evil in his eyes. Um, he's got it. And I think Crimson has that same element. You know, I can't quite put my finger on it, but I think Crimson, man, if he gets healthy, the sky is the absolute limit for him. hundred percent. I love this segment. I, uh, I really enjoyed like just some of the, some of the interesting facts you wouldn't get. I mean, besides like construction, Nick Aldis, that photo was probably my favorite one that they showed. <laughs> <laughs> but uh the uh I, like for instance uh brian danielson daniel bryan and nick aldis were a tag team at one point over in like england i thought that was weird i was like that's who would have even known those guys cross pads i don't know that's just <laughs> it's always funny to me to like see the guys that have ended up interacting at some point you just don't realize it you know and uh uh, there was a story about Tom getting the Union Jack in the rainbow colors and not realizing that that could also have other connotations that he was not familiar with. Right. Tom was very clean cut, by the way, like early on. Like he was like just a good looking baby face looking kind of guy. Like he was like a Carrie Von Eric or something. But well, I guess they, they apparently called him Brendan Fraser. Apparently <laughs> Brendan Fraser, yeah. which is very odd. But uh, it was also cool to hear them talk about things like, uh, you know, in TNA, Nick Aldis is like straight up talks about, uh, uh, I forget who it was that mentioned something about, uh, maybe Crimson talking about coming in with Amazing Red and like they paired them together and uh, Aldis was saying, you know, like that's actually probably a great break for you that that, that happened. You know, he, he said like, I was so green when I got pulled into Impact, like, you know, tag team saved my career because... I didn't know what I was doing. And they're like, well, we don't know what you're doing. So just team up with Doug Williams over here. He's like, great. <laughs> he's like, at least that guy knows how to work. He knows what he's doing. And, uh, you know, and you'll, you'll always hear Nick Aldis to this day say great things about him. I just thought that was uh, a really cool thing. Um, the only other big story I could take out of, and I'll, and I'll throw it back to you guys, is I did not realize, too, that uh, there was uh, cover wrestlers over in England 
like tribute wrestlers. <laughs> I just thought that was interesting too, when they're telling that story about how like they would go to shows and it's like, Cade's here tonight. But it's not really Cade. It's like the cover band of Cade. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and so they, uh, they would just do that. Like you would have cover, the cover band version of wrestlers. And uh, I just thought that was kind of entertaining. Uh, oh, yeah, oh, maybe. Say, oh, one of the, go, one go of the stories I thought was funny too was um, when Aldous was talking about uh, them having to run a mile, uh, that they would just kind of like as a punishment or hazing or something, they would just stop the car and, and kick the guy out and drive a mile and he'd have to run to the, just stuff like that, man. It's like getting to hear those kind of stories really puts, put some perspective in it for you. I mean, that's what Carney Land's about, man. That, that is what it's about. Like, I want to hear the life. And, and we talked about this on a show a couple of weeks ago about what we thought Carney Land was going to be. And I, I expected him to be in the life of these guys who move from town that are making towns, who are living this carnival life and the craziness and stuff like that, man. The hazing story, because I have a friend here locally in Ringgold that has told a story just like that. And I was thinking the same exact thing where they, they kick you out of the car and they drive up. Not It might not even be, it might, it might be more than a mile. You're going up to the next station. You just got to run. And, and it was, uh, it was hilarious, man. That, that's what I, that's what I'm tuning into Carnival. No, no, exactly. And, and probably, and I'm, I, you know, obviously don't want to give away everything here. You guys have to check out what's causing all this, but uh, even Crimson's story about the uh, having to break up the fight in the ring with the fan that jumped in the ring and, uh, breaking that up and then getting threats from the Aaron nation. <laughs> and uh, he uh, <laughs> said, you know, they beat Aryan nation, but that's how they spelled it in the emails. And uh, he's like talking about going to the promoter and like, what are you going to do about this? He's like, you got to get security or something like for, for these fans. And he's like, yeah, I don't know. That guy was in the ring crew. And he's like, well, what the hell dude? <laughs> like, I don't know. That just, uh, <laughs> It's just insane to me, but but it, they tell that story, and then it's like they're all just like, God, I love wrestling. I love wrestling. Yeah, wrestling. Oh, <laughs> they're <no>. just like, <laughs> well, just to just to kind of put a bow on this, I'll I'll I was fact checking. Not that I didn't believe you, Rob. Uh, but <laughs> I just wanted to get it right. Uh, so right. Crimson, Crimson, this is interesting. So he did. Uh, break the top 500 PWI was number 41 in 2012 the year prior to that Dave Meltzer and wrestling observer newsletter rated rated him most overrated so 2011 he was most overrated 2012 he's in the top 50 from PWI I'm gonna ask you right now if David Meltzer has gained your attention as being underrated or overrated that's a plus. He let got me read you. Let me read you the list of overrated people who have won o- most overrated from okay. Wrestling Observer. Oh Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Ever heard of him? <laughs> uh, Dusty Rhodes. Sid Vicious. Kevin Nash. The Undertaker. Oh gosh. Triple H. Batista. Kane. Crimson, Randy Orton, Roman Reigns, Kane. I already said Kane. He's on there twice. But just to put it into perspective for you. We got to get Meltzer on this show and take him to task for that. Like somebody's got to ask him about that. What is that? It makes me wonder if it's like a, if it's a sarcastic list. Like if it's like. like He's trying to like. 
his intention is to put people over by doing that, you know, because Meltzer, man, people have a love hate relationship with him on social media. He, he was an active part of my shows this week because uh, a lot of the roller coaster sources that I used were, were from him about contract statuses and stuff like that. So, yeah, I don't know, man. I, 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 I'll go back and forth with him as well. People, people, people diss him, but my thing with Meltzer is, and, and it's with uh, Wade Keller also over the PW Torch. I have found, like, in my years of paying attention to, to the quote unquote, dirt sheets uh those two guys do have insight they have contacts they have they know i mean maybe sometimes they get fed bad information uh there was the most recent incident i remember directly is i remember Meltzer reporting about seth rollins giving a speech in front of the locker room about something or whatever and uh seth like calling him out on twitter and saying that was i didn't even talk like blah 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 you know and uh and Meltzer then came back with like I've heard from multiple people Seth wasn't actually in that meeting he's like I got bad information I apologize and blah blah blah. I'm like well that's that's really all you can do so you know he's maybe he didn't fact check it enough or something I don't know to me it wasn't like a huge deal he apologized like all right well sorry we got that one wrong but uh I don't know those guys tend to I mean I feel like there's a reason like when John Moxley left a uh, WWE, like immediately one of his first interviews, like his two first interviews were with Chris Jericho, which seems obvious, and then uh, Wade Keller over at PW Torch. Like he did like three hours with Wade Keller talking to him. So that makes me think John Moxley was probably even talking to Wade Keller during that time, you know, too. But for some reason, Wade Keller was the first guy I went to. So, uh, you know, those guys, they, they get stuff wrong, but it is what it is yeah Meltzer's good man I, I value him I, I always have for for years but it's like gosh man don't disagree with him publicly because he will bully the heck out of you man some of the stuff that he does online is like borderline come on Dave <laughs> settle down you're Dave Meltzer you're established people respect you you don't need to to stoop to the level of like in personal insult which is what we'll get into here in a, in a little bit but well it's funny uh, you say that because he he also I, I would I'm I say all this as a card-carrying member of the Observer. Uh, I was listening to their podcast today. Uh, he and Brian Alvarez, and they were talking about the bullying and that sort of thing uh, based on this week. And Dave talking about the amount of bullying or like you know the stuff he sees. And, and uh, so it's interesting to hear you say that part of it. But yeah, I mean, there's guys that know their stuff. I mean, he he's been in the business a long time. I mean, Cornette's one of them too. I mean, Cornette, God yeah. help him. That guy's a wrestling genius and I don't see how anybody could ever dispute that part of it, that he knows wrestling in and out and can tell you anything you'd ever want to know about the business from right. whatever he started on, maybe before he's got like the freaking museum of a house of his, but, uh, but he also says some things that get him caught up in a bunch of other stuff. So anyway, they, 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 I don't know what it is, but they feel like they've got to bite back. And I like what, what we'll put out today. I retweeted it, but I'm like, Dude, just say, okay, you and I disagree. You're, you know, that's cool. And move on with it. When you're Dave Meltzer or Jim Cornette, you don't have to entertain dissent. I mean, you don't have to entertain disagreement. People, are, you're, you're going to be outspoken and this and that, but say what you got to say and move on. But it's like Cornette and, uh, and uh, Meltzer and what's the guy's name, the, the Sartan guy, they get into it, man. They want to carry on these piddly little, really 
girlish teenage arguments on Twitter. I'm like, stop it, man. <laughs> Just stop. You don't yeah. need to do that. So we're, we're kind of in it right now. I mean, we're, we're sort of talking about it. One of the big things we were going to bring up anyway, just to discuss was that, I mean, obviously there's a lot that happened in the wrestling world this week. And uh, uh, one of those is the passing of Shad Gaspard, which we've, we've kind of hit on already, which is a tragic thing. And uh, uh, it, it actually bummed me out too. I was like staring at Twitter, like shed a tear for that guy. Like that was, that was uh, just the second I heard about that. But uh the other one is uh, Hannah Kimura, uh, Japanese stardom wrestler. Um, she uh, uh, tragically took her own life this week, and uh, all indications seem to point to that it was a result of online bullying, uh, cyber bullying. Uh, my best understanding is it came a lot from a show she was also doing. Uh, uh, Terrace House, I think was the name of it. And uh, she apparently had some kind of interaction on there where uh, you know, not to throw it back to him, but Meltzer kind of mentioned that supposedly from what he had seen, like she got into it with another dude on there, the Japanese culture being what it is, it was taken a little harsher than it probably would be over here. Uh, she like slapped the dude's hat off his head or something and like yelled at him, but it was taken as a sign of disrespect. But because of everything shutting down and everything, it was just kind of the last thing that happened on this show or like was able to happen. And I don't know how accurate I am on that, but apparently it just resulted in brutal, just stuff being sent to her and wishing for her death and all of this other stuff. And uh, apparently it was, uh, it got to be too much for what she could take and, and she ended up taking her own life. And so, uh, this is the segment of the show. I guess we're going to try to do a PSA of try to be nice to each other. Stop being assholes no. online. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Maybe one of you has a better way to phrase this. It's, it's frustrating, man. And I, um, today's been, been tough just because um, the fallout of all of this and, and, you know, the, the, um, the lack of understanding to me, it's a lack of understanding of what human decency and, and tact is. And I think people, people exist in this world that what happens online isn't real. Um, and, and, and that's just not true. What happens online is real. And sometimes to be honest, what you say to people online, even as someone that they don't know, sometimes for some reason in this culture, it even carries more weight to them than, if someone in real life that they do know said it because there's like more trust and, and equity there. And so it's like, if a total stranger thinks these terrible things about me, it almost carries more weight. And so that's, there's like this psychological like pull of, of, you know, the things that you say online. And so what it all boils down to is that you can disagree with someone's opinion and you don't have to attack that person personally you can disagree with something someone does and you don't have to call them um, names and you don't have to like talk about their family or them, you know, their intelligence or anything like that. And that's, I think that's where the line gets crossed and everybody takes it a different way. Some people ignore it, which is probably the best thing to do. If you can just block the person and move on because the world's got enough like turmoil and disagreement in it just block it and, and silence it and move on some people engage in it and it becomes this toxic situation where 
if you attack me personally, I have to attack you personally. And it becomes this like push and pull and, and this like really toxic downward spiral. Uh, some people just take it to heart. They dwell on it and you have no idea how it impacts them. And so like just in the spirit of human decency, I think it, it, would, it would be in everyone's best interest to just learn how to disagree in a civil way. I mean, I saw it today. I mean, I saw both sides of the spectrum. I mean, AEW Double or Nothing was last night. And there was people that said, wow, that was the best pay-per-view I've ever seen. And then there was people that said that was the worst pay-per-view I've ever seen in all of wrestling. And there was some of them that their response to, to a, a disagreement was, you're a moron. You're an idiot. And you don't know professional wrestling. But then there was the people that were actually civil. And they just said, well, I actually loved it, you know. And it's people like that that are able to actually engage in a, a constructive conversation about pro wrestling or whatever you're talking about, even politics. We see it in politics, not to go back there. But it's like, you know, as soon as there's a differing political view, it's like you have to bring that, that person down as a person. And you can attack someone's view or their opinion without attacking them as a person. And if you, if you don't feel like that you can do that, that you don't have the tact or the capability to do that, then just shut up because you have no idea where that line is for every single person. And so it, it's just not a risk that you need to take, especially not in 2020, not with everything else that's going on in the world. Just take a step back and think to yourself, is this something that needs to be said or can I just move on with my life and not run the risk of really potentially hurting someone? Speaking of lines, like, I mean, for me, like, I don't know, it's, it's tough. It's tough to, to take that stuff. I mean, obviously I had like a little thing this week uh, and, and this is not all about that, but um, it's like, if you say something about me, generally, I don't, I don't care. Like it's, it's whatever. Uh, but if you say something about my wife, then that's a, not, that's the one you know, not, not giving you a target to aim at anybody out there listening that's looking for one. But I mean, like, that's the one I'm like, all right, now I have to be a man and not like, not just take it. You know what I mean? So it like makes me more defensive. And, uh, and I'm like, you're, you're attacking somebody I care about. I, I mean, and it's probably not even just my wife. It's like somebody I really care about a friend or whatever. Like I would not like for me, I know what I can handle. And it's like, and, and in general, like somebody talking some trash, whatever, you know, that's, it is what it is. But if it's somebody I care about, it's, it's a different story. Um, but yeah, like, like Will said, you don't, you don't know what everybody's line is. And I think, I think the big problem is the example I could give right away is uh, if you've been following the YouTube channel, I mean, we've been doing these episode recaps, my friend Maddie that uh, did episode four with me, um, I was talking to her the other day and she, I was like, when are we going to keep this going? Like we, we should keep it going. Like I actually got a couple of DMs where people were like, where's Maddie? You should bring Maddie back and do these episode recaps or something. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. Let me ask her. She had been feeling bad because she had been, I don't know another word, like catty about some of the people on the show. Like she was just kind of like, uh, she made fun of Trevor Murdoch's facial hair or something at some point. She's like, no, no, I've been thinking about it. And I thought I was really mean. And like, I just, she was like, it unnecessarily mean and like, blah, blah, blah. I was like, well, I did not pick up on that. Like, I didn't personally think of that. And she was like, but the more I saw like interaction on Twitter, like, she was like, I just, 
realized like you actually talk to these people like these people are like in a circle like they see all of this stuff you know and she's like i just felt kind of bad like i didn't mean to you know like make i didn't mean to make trevor murdoch feel bad <laughs> you know like i'm sure trevor murdoch can handle it but uh i was like i guess that's the thing to keep in mind maddie is that you know like these people could see this you could see them one day and uh like they're they're real people and if you if it's not something you'd be willing to screw around with them about maybe maybe don't say it i mean we're here to be critics in a way but uh you know i don't think we say anything like mean like we're not attacking these people personally uh and so we're we're critiquing like the product that's put out or the content they create and stuff like that just what we liked and what we didn't like but uh i think on twitter it gets lost a lot as i guess where i'm trying to roundabout get to is that i think people forget that these are real people it, your celebrities and your entertainers especially like the everybody on the other end of the twitter is a person an actual human being and it's especially you should remember that with people that seem out of reach like a wrestler or something like that like they still you're, you're given a platform where they can see what you're saying and you don't know what their mental state is when you're doing it so it, it pays to not be a dick for no reason i think one of the most concerning things that i saw was this sentiment and it was one or two people uh that i saw so I, I don't want to blow it up and make it sound like it's a popular opinion, but people saying, no, bullying is not the problem. The problem is these people don't know how to cope. Oh, to I me, that's, that a ve- that's a very, very, very dangerous way to approach life because that's the same as saying, oh, well, that guy got shot and killed. Well, it wasn't because of the person that killed him. It was because he didn't go get a bulletproof vest before he went to the store that day. Like that, that's, it, it, it's, it's nonsensical when you boil it down and so it's this that's that's the most uh detrimental thing i've seen in response to this is that this idea that you know let's not hold people who are bullying responsible let's tell everyone else to toughen up and that's not your place in life your place in life is to not tell someone else to toughen up your place in life is to be a decent human uh who respects other people and who who is kind and you, you, you can disagree with people without violating any of those things I just mentioned. Right. Yeah. We, we have to get better at being charitable and, and, and considering maybe we don't know everything. Maybe we, we, we can't, uh, you know, I mean, we have to empathize and, and I just like, gosh, it's been such a sad week, man. With, with, with Shad, I mean, Shad, I think, you know, his, his situation was a little, different than than hana's but uh um you know he he went down and very heroically and hana's is just it's just man i've been just thinking about this for days now and uh, i just can't wrap my hands around the fact that someone could could say oh you toughen up you you buck up you know what are you talking about mental illness is a real thing man and and it's a shame that we're just now starting to kind of get a grasp on that in our culture because right now intentional wellness and mental health is sort of a trend. And I think that's a positive trend because I mean, I've had friends, I had a really dear friend who had a beautiful family, great job, uh, went to high school together and he 
something something in him in, in his psyche he could not cope and and you know i'm not here to judge him or anything like that but but you can't just be dismissive and say this and that here the, the other thing is like with with hana and i don't again i don't want to skew political here but you're absolutely right Gary. i was thinking the same thing about the whole her flipping the hat off of the guy and how people in that culture responded to that and uh, i'm like i'm thinking eli drake if, if you don't believe that our culture is, that, that our values are worthwhile, do you prefer that where this girl can be driven to suicide because she did something that in our culture would be perfectly applauded? I mean, she's a, a free woman, a strong, independent woman. She can do that and because he's a man that you have to be, per, you know, just abused by that. It, it just sickens me, man. I, yeah, I don't want to pretend to know everything about the situation, but from my understanding, that was the case. It's like uh, when uh, I saw somebody who was familiar with her from that show uh, talking about it, they were like, well, what did she do? You know, like, what was the big deal? And they were like, oh, no, by our standards, it would be a totally tame thing. Like, it was not even, like, you wouldn't even notice. Like, it, we have reality shows that pull way crazier crap all the time and uh but they were like just for some reason in this situation it was enough to get her all this heat but you know the harder thing for me too is like looking back on it is is with shad his age he's like in our age range and it's just like sad to see that happen but with hannah too it's like dude she's like 22 years old and and i and i that that would just sucks for me to see like that is that just like to imagine myself at 22 like my mindset my mind frame like everything about me was a totally different person than i am today and uh it just to know like that that person's life could evolve so much you never know like where that was headed you know like it could have been into big so many greater things i don't, I don't know i just i think about stuff like that i'm like 22 that is you're still a baby you know like you're still not even there yet my mind's just racing, man, and I don't mean to – I don't mean to group Eli Drake in with that or anything. He didn't do that, and, and his opinions were nowhere near, you know, uh, even involved in that. So I apologize if, if, if that's how it's taken. But uh, it's just, you know, to speak to what we were saying, man, there's no place for it. I mean, like, as adults, if you can't build somebody up and if you got – there's a human being. This is a human being with – with loved ones, who has hopes and dreams, who has ambitions. And obviously this is a talent that we have no clue where she was going to go. And it just, I feel robbed and I feel just very hurt and, uh, and very saddened by this. It's just as a father, you know, anytime you look at somebody, you know, I'm, I'm approaching 50 years old and I look at her and I think of my daughters at that age and my oldest daughter is approaching that age. And I can't imagine somebody bullying her and pushing it, her to that point where like her, she felt like her only her only respite was to to end it all I just it's very sad but I did not mean to it to at all in any way tie Eli Drake and his comments to that I was just making the point that you know this is this is a culture because I've heard the same things that you that, that you've alluded to Gary about the the cultural things and, and the response of the hat hitting, hitting and all that that's the stuff that, that's something that here would be nondescript that would never, you know, no one would ever think about it. And there it's like, gosh, man, she did this and it's just uh, intolerable. I don't get it. Well, at the end of the day, I mean, there's not, I mean, 
what what would be the thing that makes it okay i don't think there is one you know so it's it's just it, it i don't know man it just looks especially if it comes to a guy like a, a goddamn tv show or uh like a wrestling match you know like we're sitting there talking about the stadium stampede from AEW last night. Some people are going to love that stuff. And some people are going to hate it. I guarantee you, I know where Jim Cornette lands. And, uh, you know, <laughs> we obviously know where like Kenny Omega lands on it. So it's like, it's like there's, there's opposite ends of the spectrum. And uh, those are probably not the two perfect examples to use of who would have a civil conversation about it. But I mean, just that, uh, you know, if somebody loved it, you, that's, it's it's okay like that's their thing they can they can love that thing uh my wife happened to think it was stupid and i thought it was funny just because i do hashtag jennifer notes and she's just like this is not wrestling and this is the stupidest oh. thing i've ever seen and so i thought it's easy but like the second you come in and you're just like this person is clearly stupid and you share half a brain and you're like well i'm like okay you would not talk to a person that way in real life like you just would not and if you if you would, you're you're part of the problem. You're a terrible, terrible person. You're part of the problem if you're doing that online. Right. You portray a nameless, faceless, opinionless goon. So don't come at me with with you share a half a brain with Jennifer. Are you kidding me? You shut the freaking you shut your ass to quote Chris Jericho. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, and what, what was sad about it for me was that I, I went through, I mean, I have a whole thread, a whole Twitter thread. I mean, I was tweeting about the show the entire time, and I don't think it was an overly negative tweet thread. I think I was generally pretty positive. I have, like, multiple tweets praising Hikaru Shida and uh, liked the Cody match. I was, you know, I, I think I was overly positive or pretty positive about the whole show in general. I just had the one tweet about the stadium stampede. Which, by the way, I I think was kind of stupid, but you know, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, oh, oh, Brody Lee this morning sending a shout out, you know, to uh, Moxley, like that. That's championship caliber behavior. You know what I mean? That was top notch. I, I there were very there were several bright spots in that pay per view, and then there were others that were, again, it's it's not performance sport. It's not you know you shed the semblance of 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 a legitimate competition when you do this like the stadium stampede but that's my opinion i'm teachable on it you know well that that was the way i was looking at it i mean now we're like diving into that show but uh it, it just you know my whole thing was is that sure there's fun parts to this but how does this work in the overall scheme of things like as far as the product you're trying to portray and the audience you're trying to bring in like does this work uh, I think I said to somebody, you know, the, well, if we're going to do this, is there anything else you guys want to say about not being an asshole? I think we covered it. Okay. So, so just if, be, go ahead, Rob, I'm sorry. No, no, I was saying, just don't be one. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. So if you guys do want to talk about something like the stadium stampede, I'm not sure you are, but clearly I do. Uh, Cause I'm doing it now, but no, my, my thing was, is I, I was telling somebody that, like, the Hangman Page segment with Jake Hager, like, sitting at a bar where they talk and, like, you're here to fight or you're here to drink. And, uh, you know, like, what's it matter either way? And they have a drink and then they start fighting. 
and uh, that whole thing. I was like, that's a pretty cool segment. Like, it was fun, you know. But, like, back in the day, maybe that would be, like, that's the segment. And it's like they just happen to see each other in a bar. Like, that part I could buy. But it's like you're in a whole, like, five-on-five wrestling match, and it just uh, – I don't know, man. At the end of the day, I was like, I could watch Roadhouse if I want to see like a bunch of bar fights or something. Like it just, it's a. If you're if you're looking for legitimate competition, that did a lot. There were a lot of logical flaws in that matchup that uh, did not make sense. Yeah, I watched uh, all of AEW except the Stadium Stampede, which it's funny because then I got up this morning and that was like the most polarizing part of the show. I'm kind of glad I didn't see it. So I didn't feel the need to like push an opinion. Um, But uh, one thing that I was reminded about as I watched it, and the reason that I watched it was because let's be honest, this is the closest thing to like actual wrestling that we've gotten in the past several months, because I just don't, I just don't consider WWE professional wrestling, uh, even though it's part of the culture. And, And as I've said, I keep up with the news and I do follow what's going on, but I have no desire to watch, you know, their pay-per-views or weekly shows. And so this to me was like the first chance of like, okay, maybe I'm going to get some good wrestling. And I got some good wrestling. I I thought a lot of it was really good, but I was just really reminded of, you know, the fact that really, I mean, the NWA stands head and shoulders above anything else out there right now as professional wrestling, because a lot of this stuff um, just, like, like I said, three months ago, I would have been over the moon for Double or Nothing. I would have put put it all over. I would have been, you know, geeking out about all of it. Um, but now that I've, I've, I'm kind of into the this NWA fam in this world, and I, I've been taken back now to the wrestling that I grew up with and why I love pro wrestling, um, not just you know going with the 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 most popular best option it just really, it, it was really differentiated in my mind. And, and as you said, there was some really bright spots. Sheeta went in the title was awesome. I thought that match was great. Um, you know, Cody and Lance Archer was, was great as a whole. There was some spots in there that I wasn't, you know, I wasn't thrilled with and didn't really do a lot for me, but, you know, I thought that was cool. Um, but just overall, I was just reminded of the fact that like there really is a big gap between WWE, NXT, AEW, and then NWA, um, and things like NWA, um, which are few and far between. And it just, it just solidified in my mind, honestly, my commitment to the National Wrestling Alliance and what, what they're about, uh, the product that they deliver. It's just, it's a different product. And it's, it's honestly a shame that it's lumped together as part of the same wrestling culture, because it really feels like something completely different to me. Um, and so, you know, while I enjoyed it, it's the same way I would enjoy an action movie versus a comedy. I can enjoy both of them in, in different ways. Uh, it's just knowing your audience. And, and I guess they do to an extent. And I guess we, we may not be it, which is fun. Um, we, we talked about a segment prior to this, guys, uh, where we mentioned we might do a uh, putting it over and burying it. Uh, did you all have something for that? Did you want to do that? Oh, I can think of some. 
do you rob do you have anything for that oh i got man yeah i got a lot <laughs> all right well let's uh who, who wants to go first we'll we'll do a pr- putting over and burying this was will's idea so let him go first <laughs> all right will's going first um all right so i'll, I'll put over for the week um you know, it probably changed mid conversation, but I'm just going to put over Crimson because I, I think the exposure that he's getting from um, from this Nick Aldis Carneyland show, I think is great, and I think uh, it did a lot for him in my mind specifically. If I think back across the past week, he just stands out at the top of the list to me as someone that I'm interested in. Um, so I'll put over Crimson. Um, and then I, I joked about this earlier, but I'm going to bury uh, the AEW production crew for uh, showing Mike Tyson yawning during the Cody match. <laughs> they cut. I don't. I don't. I don't know if y'all saw this, but they cut to to Tyson sitting ringside holding the belt during the match, and it was as he was yawning. And I was just like, "Oh God, come on, someone, <laughs> someone in the back, someone in the back was not paying attention." And I thought that was hilarious. I didn't even think about that. I remember seeing that, and, and uh, normally, you know, I try to, I try to have my phone and uh, make a little note for for the show. But I totally forgot about that. <laughs> Hilarious. Um, I'm gonna put over Piper's notes this week uh, because I'm so proud of my daughter, and uh, my goal eventually is to not even appear on Piper's notes, just to have Piper engaging with our, our guests and. Uh, She's getting more and more confident. We had Elder Sauer, who uh, uh, is a, uh, a very important member of the NWA fam. He has produced this show. He's produced the 10 Pound of Podcast. Great guy, man. Loves just a fountain of knowledge. And uh, he doesn't do a lot of interviews, and he very rarely smiles. And so to see him cackling and chuffing up, uh, you know, chuckling with, with Piper was very endearing to me. So I'm putting that over. So go check that out, Piper's Notes. I think we did a uh, – um, a sound garden video this week uh, and it was it was a lot of fun i'm gonna bury everybody on twitter who has had the audacity to say that hana should have bucked up or to, to be dismissive of uh, any issues related to mental health uh you do not know you need to be more charitable uh you don't think you don't know half of what you think you know and so remember that these are human beings and uh, they, they live, move, and breathe just like we do, and they deserve your respect as human beings. I also want to uh, uh, bury just, you know, just about 10 minutes of the Eli Drake show. All in all, you know, I, uh, I like, there, were, there were things about the Eli Drake show that I, Eli Drake show that I really liked, and I have high expectations for him. But, you know, don't preach to me, man. Don't preach to me about politics. You're, you're not in a position to educate me on on what I should feel and where my perspectives are. And yeah, you have a right to say what you want to say on the show, but please, please talk about wrestling. That's what I'm tuning in for. All right. Well, uh, Mr. Uh, Doc, Doc Stinson pulled on the heartstrings on both of his and, and went with the easy kill with the, not with us, probably a terrible part of probably cut that out. Doc Stinson oh. went with the, <laughs> oh God. Doc Stinson went with the easy uh, get with uh, promoting his daughter uh, at the uh, top there with the putting him over. So I guess I'll uh, pull at some heartstrings and say uh, I want to put over the hashtag NWA fam. You guys are all brilliant. And I am a lucky man to be a part of this family. Uh, 
especially with Will and Rob Stinson uh, helping me do this stuff now. And, and uh, this is this is a really cool group. And uh, I actually miss talking to you guys each week when I don't see you. And uh, the and also I, I think Will mentioned he might do this earlier, but he didn't say it. But I, I'd love to put over Eddie Kingston too, uh, just for his promo at the beginning of Cardiland. Uh, just a really heartfelt promo. That guy is brilliant, and uh, and just the desire where where the wrestlers' heads are right now. I thought that, that was a really cool thing for Eddie Kingston to say. Uh, the burial. All I can think of right off the top of my head is just to take it back to AEW. The one thing that annoyed me the most in that show, for those of you who saw it, and uh, for those of you who didn't, is. This is both the best thing and the worst thing because what they do is they put fellow wrestlers around the ring and people in the stands and they chant and cheer and they seem to be trying to go with what a normal crowd reaction would be, which, by the way, bar none, puts it like so far ahead of like WrestleMania and what WWE is doing. Like the complete silence is BS, but like, those people out there, it makes a huge difference. Even if it's just, you know, 30 people out in the stands, like it's something like there's, there's a reaction. Uh, that said, uh, again, not a personal attack, but these people all know the business and it annoyed the hell out of me that those guys and girls were out of the, out of the sides and like, starting crap with people like Lance Archer who's walking around the ring and they're like, Ooh, Ooh, I'm going to get you. Like, you know, all this stuff. And I'm like, this dude is known for like destroying people. This is, you're supposed to be afraid of this person. And that's your job. Like is to make this guy look good. Why are you acting like fools? And uh, it's one thing if it's fans, if, if Lance can't like touch them, but it's like another thing when it's like, Pineapple Pete over there just talking trash. Let Storm or Let's Archer should be able to reach over there and like slap him across the face. Or it's like Big Swole getting in his face, or uh, you know, Billy Gunn or whoever. Like those, those I don't know. It just annoyed the hell out of me every time I saw like one of the wrestlers at ringside, like just up in the grill of somebody, and I'm like, all right, dude, well, you can't like either be a fan or be the wrestler on that side of the ring. But like, you can't just, I don't know, just bothered me. So that's, that's what I'm burying today. Anybody else with anything you want to bury, put over anything else? No, I was, that was, you, you said it perfectly. <laughs> that, that's rubbed me wrong too. I'm like, come on guys. <laughs> you know, your workers, Lance Archer is going to, is going to nail you in a second. If, if you don't shut your mouth. <laughs> You should be afraid of him. That's his whole gimmick. Like, is that he's a very scary big man. <laughs> and so treat him as such. Can I put over uh, Carl Rashida, man? I want to put that girl over, man. I, I'll allow love, it. I love Carl Rashida, man. I would love to see her in the NWA. This is someone who I've followed for a long time. And uh, to reach this milestone in her career is a – you know, that is a, a positive on the AEW brand. I love her. She is an amazing performer. I believe her. And I uh, can't say enough good things about her. Congratulations on your world championship win, man. That's awesome. Uh, she's the real deal, dude. 
I like her a lot. Uh, she tweeted out like before this matchup about uh, looking forward to tonight or something or other. And I made sure to like comment, like we're looking forward to you in the ring with Thunder Rosa one day. <laughs> like, you know, just, uh, I, that? that's Starcade 83 again, man, right there. That's, that's Harley race and Rick player. Yeah. They, they'd be great, man. I, uh, I still, I still want Cody Aldis three after seeing Cody. I mean, I don't know, love, love it or hate it. The, it feels like the one thing AEW consistently has is that every match that Cody Rhodes is involved in feels important. And it's what did a title match once or like, I mean the world title match once. And then last night it's like, this guy's matches just feel special. And uh, that's a, you, you get why he and Nick Aldis work well together because they both care a lot about making those matches matter. So, right. So, I mean, there's, Hey man, like I said, I'm not I'm not over here just constantly knocking AEW. They've got some stuff I I really dig. Lance Archer's a beast. No, and both, both of them, <laughs> Cody and Nick both have a sense of history, man. They 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 understand their place in the narrative that stretches all the way back to George Hackenschmidt, you know, and Frank Gotch. And they they they're well they're so well poised and well grounded in the in the gravity of the role that they hold. And uh, uh, I would love to see Cody Aldis three. I would love to, man, because these these are guys that get it, man. They get the the performance sport of professional wrestling as a competition sport. They get it, hundred percent. I'll put it this way: if I only if I existed in a world where I only had cable television and I didn't have the internet or anything else, I would watch AEW. That would be what I watched. So, for what it's worth. Hey, Brian Cage came in as the mystery competitor at the ladder match. Uh, at first, disappointing to me, but it's the first time I've really seen him do anything. That dude's a beast, so props to him for being a beast. But uh, I was hoping for Ricky Stark, so we've technically been put off our game by that. But I, I think I said to Will on his Hey, It's Will Daily, either he was going to show up or he's just really enjoying having fun with playing the free agent. I think I still – Still feel like Ricky Starks is on his way there, and we—he he was watching Wednesday, I guess. <laughs> he was—he he was tweeting about watching it. I'm pretty sure. I don't think I imagined that. No, no, and he definitely uh, yesterday morning or the night before—I can't remember which—tweeted himself on an airplane and was talking about his upgrade in, in his seat. So the dude's flying somewhere. He's doing something, and so maybe it wasn't last night, but. I feel pr- I still feel pretty strongly it's coming. Yeah, man, I had a hard time watching that. Hey, it's Will Daly because uh, I looked in there and I saw Gary's outfit. I was like, hold on now. <laughs> and, and I was like, come on, bro. <laughs> hey, I was trying to help you out, buddy. I was I was just uh, representing. <laughs> it was cool. It was cool, man. It was cool. I was representing. You know hey. what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Ain't nothing but gravy cake, baby. You know what gravy cake. <laughs> they don't know about that. Gary, they don't know about that. You can't talk about gravy cake. Oh, gravy cake's a – yeah, it's going to be the thing now. Only Patreon members of, uh, of this is the NWA. Got to find that Patreon. Figure out how to sign up, and then you'll learn about gravy cake. Uh, we got three levels. <laughs> Ain't nothing more over than gravy cake. <laughs> Guys, do you have anything else you want to add today before we wrap this thing up? I don't. Uh, just, I'm, 
guys, man. I'm so glad we uh, we're hanging out again, and uh, and I'm sure when we go off beer here in a second, we're gonna hang out a little bit more. Hopefully. Hell yeah, we'll hang out. But uh, as always, thanks to everyone out there who listens to these things. The last this is the NWA Weekly is already past like twenty five hundred listens or watches. That's insane. That's YouTube. insane. Oh yeah. Uh, that's a- I just want to say, uh, you know, not not to be sappy, but thank you guys. Like that blows me away. Yeah, I I, I have no idea what happened there, uh, but apparently, apparently this format worked for last week. We're gonna hope it keeps keeps working, and uh, we so we we are grateful to all of you who listen to us ramble and rant about all things NWA and all things wrestling. In general, let us know what you like down in the comments. Tell us, do you, do you like us jumping into the AEW thing today, or would you rather us shut the hell up about AEW and just stick to NWA? What do you What do you want out of this show? Because we want to make it something you guys want to listen to. Also, don't forget to hit subscribe if you haven't already, because that helps us get in front of more people. Also, the likes uh, do that as well. Uh, Guys, we'll go around the room. I am at well, the show is at the NWA Pod. If you're not already following it on social media, I am at this is Gary Ord. I am. Hey, it's Will with one L on pretty much every social media platform except TikTok, where I am fake. Hey, it's Will because Hey, it's Will was already taken, but I don't get on TikTok, so don't worry about following. Somebody me. already took Hey, it's Will. Yeah, I mean, come on. Well, I have I have yet to get on TikTok, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to try to. to my, my wife is encouraging me to to in, uh, broaden my digital footprint, as uh, quote unquote. She's giving me some professional development here. I'm but, still not 100 uh, percent sold it's, or, that it's not Chinese spyware. So you know, I've got it. <laughs> so I'm already all in. There's no reason I'm not doing anything. But just saying, I wouldn't blame you for not. <laughs> yeah they're looking for us that, that's they're, they're, if they take take us down they take down the whole government you can find me on twitter at r stinson four as in four horsemen the number four uh that was purely incidental apparently there are three other r stinsons out there or you can find me on youtube at stinson vision but most importantly like and subscribe to at uh this is nwa pod and uh, that's where we put our content at and uh um, we love this family and again we're just three guys just having fun if you disagree with something that's okay don't 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 demean us don't don't bully us you're you're we love you nonetheless like i'm, I'm we all of us probably share different political opinions we probably share different views and that's okay we're human beings that's perfectly fine i don't know about uh, you will but i feel like uh Stitson's just trying to I guess into it like a political debate or something. <laughs> no, not not at all. I would never do that. Not here. We can go on to uh, the Robert Stinson Facebook page, which is perfectly. There are many candidates I I, I plug there, but uh, and this one, you know, we're just three guys just having fun, just chit chatting, throwing our opinions out there, and uh, trying to uh, elevate the NWA, the greatest promes- uh, professional wrestling promotion in the history of the world. You're not going to agree with everything, and that's okay. The world is big enough for all these opinions. But I think we all are in agreement that uh, we have to support the NWA. We have to raise this. Like Will was saying earlier, there are leagues of differences between every other, quote, unquote, professional wrestling promotion out there in the National Wrestling Alliance, which is a, a true, legitimate, real performance sport. And I'm so thankful that uh, Billy Corgan or William Patrick Corgan and David Lagana have brought this back to life. And I can't wait uh, to see what's coming this week on Carnival.
Absolutely. You guys check out Hey It's Will Daily. Check out hashtag Piper's Notes. Uh, all of it. Slowly trying to do a recap of all the NWA Power episodes. There's plenty of content for you to consume if that's something you like to do. Uh, and uh, stay tuned to our, our Stinson 4 on TikTok for his uh, fire <laughs> dance TikTok video with <laughs> Eli Drake that's surely down the road. Uh, until next week, thank you guys so much for listening and watching all of all of it.